You are now tuning into the Party Nerds Weekend Hangover. What's going on, everybody? This is a Party Nerds Weekend Hate Hangover. I'd like to welcome everybody. My name is James Grandmaster Facts Voice. This is Jorge Vergara. Hey, what's going on? All right, we are here to talk about Black Adam. Because, wow, we're uh, talking about DC? I thought the, everyone criticizes us for being Marvel fanboys. Hey, look, this is, an unsurprising fact is the fact that uh, we, more than anything, want DC to win. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just unbeknownst to us that DC has not put out the best foot forward as far as their movies are concerned. So I went into this movie with low expectations. What do you low. mean low expectations? You mean like we expect the storyline, a good what? That's what I'm saying. I did not expect a great plot. I did not expect a storyline. I just expected to be entertained. And I got to say, I was entertained. I look at I look at DC movies now. I have to go in like kind of like how I went into King Kong versus Godzilla. All I'm going to basically be there for is the fight scenes and the action. That's pretty much because because they're OP characters. So what's going to be the biggest thing that's going to separate the two? It's not this integral plot or connection to other movies or better yet, like Easter eggs or anything like that. I just know going into the movie for somebody like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's been attached to Black Adam for 15 years. How? How is that even, like, what were they thinking? I mean, like, because he's older now. Did they think right. ahead? You know, I don't know. Maybe staring. I think, what, 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 I think more so than anything. More so than anything. You think, what did you think of the steroids? Like, yeah, for 15 years, getting ready for Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, I, I think, I think it was due to the fact that the regime that was a part of DC for this entire period of time uh, where they wanted to have some type of interconnected universe and wanted to have like all these pieces in play, pretty much the resolve of that. You had to bring in Superman at some point in time. You had to add a Batman, you had to add a Flash, you had to add a Wonder Woman. And they just did not know what to do with Black Adam. They didn't, they did all these Joker movies and everything like that. They did interconnectivity with certain pe certain pieces, universes. And then it was just like Shazam, Shazam comes out and it's like, oh, okay. Now it's kind of like the time to introduce Black Adam because we've kind of given the origin story here. <clears throat> so it was like, so then like the, uh, and no, uh, was it The Rock executive produced Shazam? Oh, shit. Okay, so he was already slowly creeping up. Right. So it was like, okay, if Shazam's not necessarily a piece of, like, the Justice League or any of those storylines whatsoever, it's kind of like, okay, if we place Shazam over here and Shazam does well, which it did, Shazam did not, like, do, like, box office smash, but it did enough to basically be like, okay, so on and so forth, we permit that there's going to be a sequel to this, and it turned out to be really good. It was a fun-loving movie. It was a family movie. And it was the right step forward. And then that post-credit scene of Shazam gave us the opportunity to introduce Black Adam. Shazam, formerly known as Captain Marvel? What? 
that's a that's a good way. That's a good way of putting it, man. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, we we start this, of course, with the history of uh any an Egyptian conqueror, uh, Teth Adam, uh, and his son, um, of course, overtaking a regime from an evil, the evil crown of Sabak, who turns out to be the, the big villain in this movie. So like, it's, it's more so that his son started a revolution. His son ended up dying because of start of starting that revolution. And when the council of wizards powers were passed on to Adam, they kind of like gave it to the wrong person. And essentially it wasn't, they, they kind of like skewed that even a little bit. Cause it was like, everybody knows that the, you know, Shazam was a portion of the, like the sixth throne uh, council of wizards. And that he was given his powers from that same wizard, like Jaiman Hansu and Shazam. But in this terms, it was like, it got passed to him from his son and then because he was already in a rage because his son was executed, he goes into like fucking ape shit, like Black Adam kills. That's the one thing. Like he's this OP character and he will he will murk you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So that, that's one thing about a lot of DC characters that I, I, I highly expect. The one thing about DC comics in general is that they they will murder you. Like you will get murdered if you if you're like a superhero in one of their movies and that thing. They have some really gruesome, powerful deaths in DC really? comics. What yeah. about Batman? He knocks out something, knocks somebody out with one punch, and then sends him to the slammer. What do you explain <laughs> about that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. We understand that Batman is human. Like he's not supposed to, he's he's supposed to be the one that does not kill. You know, so like him throwing somebody into jail and everything. He's the only one with like this moral compass. But but the other OP characters and everything had the ability to kill you. Like, like, come on. Man of Steel 1, Superman killed the villain in the end. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, I'm taking Joker to jail. <laughs> no, I'm snapping General Zod's neck. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, it's a, a, I'm not going to say it's a good direction because I would like for a lot more plot and storyline. I but I expected to be entertained. Like I've never seen a rock movie where I was like, "Wow, this has some extreme dialogue and the script is fucking amazing." No, I just expecting like punch people, uh, flex with like a a a, a goddamn beige button up jungle t shirt, <laughs> like he so does in every. It's basically like, an old school superhero movie. It's an old school superhero movie awesome. where you expect him to destroy the villain at the end. Nice. Yeah, but in the meantime. Like the it, all right, I won't say that there's total inconnectivity because it it's turning out now that DC has now turned into the Amanda Wallerverse. She's in every movie now. Hmm. So you have like Amanda, like literally in the opening sequences when Black Adam like reveals himself, like the first person to jump on board is like Amanda Waller. Like, man, I really need that guy, and I gotta contain him. <laughs> yep. I was like, so like, you know, she got the suicide squad. She's she's always thinking like four steps ahead. She was in the Peacemaker show. She's like a Nick Fury. Yeah, she's basically like Amanda Waller is everywhere. Yeah. And it seems like I mean, she's only showing up in like these holograms and speaking to a lot of the characters through like tele uh, telecommunications or anything like that. But it's like regardless of the canon, whether it's 
Justice League, whether it's prior to it, um, the, the first Suicide Squad, which was it was the David Ayers movie, to the James Gunn side, she's everywhere. And Viola Davis is like there has been the the one pivotal connectivity point in it all these all these movies. Oh wow! But but better better than that, she recruits the Justice Society of America. So the JSA, of course, makes their debut. JSA, and, what the fuck? Where's your originality in that compared to the other company? Marvel. Well, that's the thing. It's like the Justice Society has been around for like eons. What do you mean? What, and, when did they come out? It's, well, Doctor Fate was a uh, 1940s. Wow! Wait, you know, before so, before the the Avengers or Doctor Fate came out in 1940. Doctor Strange came out in the 1960s. And, they, and even so, like, if you want to compare, like, Hawkman. Hawkman's character has been out since the 1940s. So you're saying they, since they've been out before, they're the first super team assembled? Before the Justice League, yes. Before the Justice League, yes. Because all the pieces were there. That's why, like, Flash is kind of like this intergenerational character. Because if, as you see in your background, the first iteration of Flash is right there. Yep. Yeah, with uh, with a bucket with a little plate. The, the, the worst fucking helmet possible, Wally West. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, you have all these characters, and you see how old that 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 artwork is. Like that yep. shit is like, that's definitely from like early time comic book uh, comic book time. Yeah, but the Justice Society of America in this movie steals the show. Doctor Fate is like dope as shit in this movie. Dope as hell. Pierce Brosnan, you would expect like, okay, he's the oldest character. This dude was James Bond. The one thing about Pierce Brosnan is you know he's going to act. And he, yeah. he does his job in this. Aldous Hodge was very good as Hawkman. Cyclone and Adam Smasher were kind of like, I guess, supporting pieces to this. But, you know, better, better, better than anything, there was always like these small inclinations of like, uh certain things that you would expect from like marvel there was like a quinjet they all lived in a mansion kind of like the x-men <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it was like like you saw that and you were like uh yeah, no <laughs> you know dr fate uh replicating himself you know that's already been done in the movie by dr strange even though dr fate does have that same ability yeah you know what i'm saying it, it it's kind of like okay you everybody was thinking that these are like knockoffs of certain characters from Marvel when these characters and totally supersede Avengers characters. Like they're very old standby yeah. characters. Just Society of America is a very old team. It's probably like one, one of the first superhero teams that ever came out. Now, the reviews for this movie have been god awful. Why? Because I think people are like looking for some type of plot and yeah, storyline and they're looking for like a storyline and everything like that. Like, like the fact that, uh, what is it? There, there was a, like, there was like this Superman thing, uh, that kind of like went, went with it. Uh, it, Eternium was kind of like the mysterious metal that could, that, that, that Adam couldn't destroy. And it was it, like, almost like kryptonite, almost in a sense, like it, it, it almost like it was like resembling vibranium and Marvel or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, there's there's a certain mysterious uh, mystical metal 
that is unpenetrable and everything like that. So I'm like, I'm, every, everybody's like looking at it like, oh, he's talking about vibranium. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, the, at least the fans are educated now. Well, it's, it's true. It's true. And more so from the movies, which I totally get. But overall, the hindsight of the movie is that I was entertained. And I feel like the people in the movie theater were entertained by what they saw. The, the plot point in the post credit scene that Rock already fucking spoiled and that we talked about two weeks ago yes. was Henry Cable. And you know what the funny thing is? It, it it's it's a weird setup because how did Amanda Waller, who created the Suicide Squad as a team to take down Superman, that was the initial goal, have Superman on speed dial. Dude, she worked in both angles. Right. So it was like if Black Adam is to ever get loose, because basically it's kind of like at the end. Black Adam just basically has to be the protector of Kandak and he can he it, and she threatens him. Amanda Waller threatens him by basically saying that um, if I have to make a phone call for people other from other than Earth uh, to take you down, I will. So basically, like Amanda's like the fucking like she's like AT&T for fucking interplanetary uh, conflicts. <laughs> so Nick Fury. <laughs> It's straight up Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> so when like Superman arrives in that post credit scene talking about, you know, we need to talk and Amanda pretty much is like the, the link in the chain. I'm like, this is the one person that Amanda like feels as though could like destroy the entire planet is Superman. And the reason that she creates a su suicide squad is because of Superman. You know, th there's a reason why Batman had that, uh, conflict resolution act that he had for the justice league because he always felt like if something happened to superman where he ran him up basically like the premise for batman versus superman yep. same deal mm -hmm. it was like this counteraction that we would all start to fight against him that's just like the um uh civil war when iron man wants to have everybody in check dude wow exactly. my god <laughs> it's the same <laughs> shit Damn. it's the same shit <laughs> but but I look, I was like, okay, it's a good first start for the movie, and I I'll take it as I was entertained, and we can move forward because of of course now, literally since that post credit scene, Man of Steel two is now in development, looking for a writer. Oh man, who do you think they're gonna get? As a writer for a yeah, Superman any movie? any leaks any any rumors? Nah, there wasn't any rumors of of any writers taking on that role. I mean. Uh, let alone even a director. I mean, what is it going to be? The return of Zack Snyder? Oh my God! Well, you you've been really good with your prophecies. So let's start. Let's prophesize what you think the storyline is going to be, Man of Steel two, and who <sighs> the villains are. I mean, the, well, recently, most recently, I think Boss Logic put up a one of his images where he likes to foretell the future, and he put up a basically a Henry Cavill type digital image but it was in bizarro form so that bizarro would be the the man of steel 2 uh villain and the, the, to be honest it would be a good way to go yeah you but know is he is bizarro marketable that does every like uh, joe schmo who only goes to see the theaters 
no bizarro or you know unlike that's the thing it's like at this point it's an education factor and they already brought general zod so somebody who basically came from krypton and tried to fight superman in the beginning so so now more so than ever you're looking for uh someone who can pretty much hold toe-to-toe with him you have cyborg superman you got bizarro we -hmm. talked about lobo brainiac you know live wire all these characters can basically kind of like be a central force against Superman. I would say Brainiac more than anything. I right. everybody knows. I think everybody uh, does have a little uh, knowledge of Brainiac. Yes, right. I would. I would more so say Brainiac more than anything. Because, like, uh, for example, if the, if they want to do a Batman movie, they'll never uh, have them team up against Hush. No one knows who the hell Hush is. Right. Although I think that that's one of the best storylines of ba- oh, in Batman. Of course, uh, Batman comic history. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that storyline would be like something like like seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. That is just an excellent type of storyline. That's how that goes. Mm-hmm. But um, also in the same breath, because of everybody liking Peacemaker for what it was for HBO Max, James Gunn is now working on one to two secret movies for DC. Oh, wow. So like with him doing the Suicide Squad, the first thing to expect is like, OK, Suicide Squad 2. And it's like, what it, what else could he be working on? In a James Gunn fashion type sense, what would be the movie to give him, like, like the attachment that I would see is put him in a Flash movie. Do not give him Ezra Miller, but give him a Flash movie. Yeah, but they have to do the paradox first. Give him the paradox. You think so? And they'll yeah. reset. That's basically, they need the paradox to reset that whole shitty ass uh, DCU timeline and all that shit. Start I mean, we've talked, we've talked about that for years. Yes. Uh, and, and the thing is, like, if the Flashpoint Paradox was actually a thing, and supposedly this this movie, this Flash movie that's supposedly coming out has all these tidbits of the, of the Paradox, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of like the move where they want to go. So if, they, if they're already putting out, like, small little, like, plot points from that particular comic book, from Flashpoint Paradox, there won't be a Flashpoint Paradox movie because it'll be like in this movie, The Flash. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like if you give James Gunn The Flash and just let him mold it in his own fucking thing, I think it'd be cool. And I'm pretty sure because somebody like him probably like watches all the Arrowverse movies and everything, the Arrowverse shows and episodes and everything mm-hmm. like that. He would be the one that I would I would think would do that. But they got to get a new actor. I mean, the fact that Ezra Miller is going to be ready for press today is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, they need new. Yeah, they definitely need a new actor. Why can't they use the guy from WB? Yeah, Grant Gustin has been doing a great job for was was it been like a fucking decade? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, but Happy, that yeah. is that is that that I would say that would be the best way forward. But this this ends a, another segment of uh, Party Nerds Weekend Hangover. I am James Grandmaster Facts Voice. This is Jorge Vergara. That's right. And we are out.